You're listening to the Comic Crusaders Podcast. I am your host, Al Mega, CEO of Comic Crusaders and Undercover Case. In this show, I'm sitting down with creators from all walks of life to talk about inspiration, process, the lessons they've learned, and a whole lot more. What up, everybody? Welcome to a brand new Comic Crusaders Podcast. I'm your boy, Al Mega. Hey! Yo, today we got an awesome show. I can't wait. I have a fellow Brooklynite in the building tonight. Yo, this dude is a graphic novelist, IP creator, comic educator. He's worked on projects such as Void Trip, Turncoat, The Glimmer Society, and Hive My. My dude is kicking ass all over the place with this crazy mindfuck type books. I love it. The one and only Plaid <laughs> What's up, guys? What up, big homie? How you doing? Man, I'm good, man. I'm living in Brooklyn, you know, taking days of time, but it's good up here. Hey, man, I'm giving me that big Brooklyn welcome right there, yo. With that shout out. Yeah, 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 yeah. Glad to have you on, man. Uh, happy to have a fellow Brooklynite on, you know, that that's working in the business, and you're doing some really mindfuck books, like I said before. All right, yeah, yeah. Because you said, yo, my, my writing's a little out there. I'm like, yo. It really is, but out there in in the most pleasant way possible that'll keep right you on. hooked hooked in reading. Like I was caught like a motherfucking fish, and, you know. And, and, and your analogies, your storytelling, everything, bro. You know, kudos to you with the of my yeah. book, yo. And even the void trip, I mean, really mindfuck stuff. I can't wait to get into this. So, but before we get into, you know, that that creative mindset to put stuff into, what I'd like to know, of course. First up, you know, uh, where are you originally from? Yeah, yeah, no, I'm from Virginia originally. It's like uh, okay. anyone who knows Virginia, there's a little little Mennonite town, horse and buggies between Stanton and Harrisonburg. <laughs> He's a horse and buggy. Long way from home, right? <laughs> but, uh, yeah. All right. So uh, what, what seems that you're a Brooklynite, when did you hit Brooklyn? Uh, I moved here about four years ago. Before that, I was in Harlem for about... Uh, oh, where? Four or five years. Yeah, before that, it was Queens, Sunnyside. So, been in New York. Oh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> so, when did you hit New York then, overall? Uh, like, over 10 years now. I don't remember exactly, but okay. roughly. Okay. Yeah. What made you move out here, out there? No, my wife, she's a film and makeup, tele- or a makeup artist for film and television. So, oh, like, dope. she's she's got to be on site. So, we've been up here for, for that, mostly. I can work anywhere. Got I like you. it. For a while, but for some reason, the last two years haven't been that fun. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, well, I said I, I, I think I even I could agree with you because you know, yeah. you know, in the past two years, I moved from up north down to Florida, and yeah, basically yeah. my networking has halted to like, like you know, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. like a train that goes 0.25 miles an hour right now. Yeah, so yeah. I'm lucky I get any progression because of everything that's happening because nothing's happening. I hear you. Which sucks, you know. And I see you have amazing projects. So let, let's get into that though, and yep. your fandom, and your early fandom. So talk about that. How did you get, you know, become a lover of pop culture? You know, who and, and what was it that made you fall in love with this? Yeah, actually, I mean, I know exactly. Uh, like my my dad used to read me comics before bed. So basically, your dad but, used to read the comics. Oh yeah, oh yeah, and he read the good stuff too, like Daredevil. Like what? It was like five, six, and he's reading Daredevil to me. So like he's tell, he, he's reading you these Daredevil. <laughs> well, let me let me put a little caveat. Stories that you go to bed. Let me put a caveat. <laughs> so he was a he's a lawyer, right? So okay. for him, 
it's like, oh, here's a lawyer who's a superhero. Let me tell my kids that I'm a lawyer. Ah, like, I think it was a subliminal little drop, but no. Like, I'm a superhero kid. But he had the Avengers too and stuff, so like we would go nice. through all those. And I remember being hooked on comics, and like it was around middle school, I kind of dropped out of being interested in superheroes, capes, and all that stuff. I, I just, yeah. And uh, it wasn't it was it was a while before I found some other comics that I realized I was into. And what was that? I think what brought me back in the fold. I mean, somebody showed me Watchmen. I was working in Vancouver, like in games and stuff. And I, I never stopped being interested in comics, but like that, I realized you can do a little more with it, right? And uh, then I don't know if you ever read Day Tripper. That uh, totally melted my heart. Gabriel Ba and. Baby and oh, it was Gabriel Ba, yeah. Yeah, and I think they co-wrote it, so it's like it's a very personal tale. It's about a guy who's uh, he writes obituaries for a living. So, oh, what a life! Spoiler alert! But <laughs> every chapter is his death. So it's but it's still a continuous story, and it's like very poetic and artistic, and it's yeah. all about his relationship with his father. Anyway, so I realized what comics could do, and I got to into some other stuff. You know, I read Mouse and Jimmy Neut- uh Jimmy. What is that, Jimmy Neutron? What's that Chicago-based cartoonist? Uh, you don't know it. I, I, it's, it's off. It's on the tip of my tongue. But. Jimmy Neutron is, is a cartoon. No, not Jimmy Neutron. It's, uh, it's a little more perverse. It's like this weird story, this sad schmuck. It's just like it started off as a Sunday comic in Chicago papers. Anyway, I read oh, the, some of those. But it's Jimmy Corrigan, right? It's might be, might be, might be, might be. That sounds, that sounds right. But uh, I just realized comics to be more than just like the Cape and Tight stuff, which, you know, not that I didn't love it, but I got enough of it. No, I guess so. This is why I love independent comics, because it takes you outside the room. You know, there's so much more than just superheroes. Right, right, there. right, right. There's so much, you know, slice of life, real living. Yep, I mean, yep. one of the favorite books that I tell people is Punk Rock Jesus. And again, you oh, know, yeah. And for me, Murphy, that's, yeah. yeah, bro, I mean, again, you know, what what if, you know, a Truman Show, but with Jesus? What yeah. The I mean, yo. Dude, I got, <laughs> I got the honor of, like, interviewing that guy at New York Comic Con this past year. He's such a nice guy. And I wanted to bring up the punk rock Jesus, because for me, that was actually big inspirational. When that book came out, I had kind of given up on I was an illustrator. I was freelancing, doing all this stuff, making, making money, and, and uh, I'd given up on comics. And I picked up that book. And the motion in it, the animation of it, like the whole thing got me hooked. And uh, I read through that, so I want to talk to him about that a lot because, uh, again, it's, it's kind of in the same vein as, like, superhero books. It's got the action stuff going on. Yeah. But you could tell there was another level going on in the narrative. Oh, that, way that bigger level. Uh, underlying and, themes. And stuff that, I, I mean, you, don't, you haven't even seen it in a movie yet, but I feel like it could, once it hits screens, people will understand what that book's trying to address. Oh, yeah. It's going to be uh, very controversial. Oh, yeah. If it, if it does come out, I mean, I, I could you know what it is? religious groups it's, already get Well, it's, there's so much iconography tied into it. Yes, too much. People, people are, are going to have an, a reaction right away. But, like, when you start unpacking it, it's, it's got a lot to say. It's, so. it's deep, it's amazing, and it's a great what-if scenario. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? So talk about that. You said here you are, you know, you said you're starting to get into the journey, so... Talk about that. I mean, how easy was it first to find your tribe, if you will? I mean, it's confusing when you're a young artist because you're trying to figure out the comic industry, which is like one of the most neo like it, it's still an adolescence in a lot of ways. Like it hasn't 
fully grown up, and at the same time, it has the worst working conditions of almost any artistic industry, and like lowest pay for the people that are like hardcore producing. So you're, you're juggling all that, and then also, like I said before, it's like all superhero books, which I wasn't interested in. Yeah. So I had to go like kind of like get get into comics through the back door. Um, I mean, the first big break I did was actually a super book, I guess, with Turncoat. What was about to do that? It was about a dude that liked to assassinate superheroes. <laughs> so it was like it was pretty much about a guy with a midlife you crisis. You really felt that type of way, didn't you? Yeah, 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 yeah. And, well, to be fair, Ryan O'Sullivan wrote it, and the reason I took it on was because it wasn't a book praising superheroes. It was more about like the like, psychology. Let's take these motherfuckers out, man. I'm tired of these bastards too. I well, wait, when I read it, I was like, all right, I'll do this one. But no, and then after that, you know, we did Boy Trip together, which is totally different, totally out there. It's like. Totally uh, out there. Two, two hippies lost in space, being chased it. by a Gnostic god who wants to keep them trapped and they want to be free, and it's all about AI and, like, AI controlling man I mean, and all that stuff. Are you a tech person <laughs> since you kind of delve into those topics? Well, yeah, so, like, my career trajectory was all tech uh, starting out. I was a 3D modeler and animator in games. Yo, yo, I got your snacks right here, bro. Don't worry. Let, 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 Sorry, my son. Let them hang out, yo. That's cute yeah, yeah, yeah. right there. Yeah, I know, I know. Little claws. Yeah, claw. yeah, yeah. So, so anyway, um, yeah. So, what was I talking about, boy? Yeah, yeah. So, I think what happened was I, I, I started getting networked with people who were interested in that kind of stuff. And before that, I had done some really out there stuff called Psychonauts, which was just about. Oh, that kids. was you too? Yeah, yo, yeah. I know two that. kids tripping out on, on drugs and, like, getting lost in these different dimensions. May I ask, though, since you kind of always have that type of hippie, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. tripping, and that is that from a personal experience level or just, you know, yeah, well, growing I mean, up in, you of know. Of course, of course. No, I mean, yeah, I've definitely had uh, experiences along the way, you know. <laughs> I don't think there's any more. both, brother. Don't you worry, but, but uh, I'm not leaving you on blast. I've dropped acid and all that shit. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, no, no, I, I just. And that no, was no. the worst experience of my life because my <sighs> friends kept going around circles in the same block, and I don't like Twilight Zone. Dude, it's all set. It's all set and setting. You know, you get the wrong yeah. setting. Yeah, you know, if you're in the wrong mindset. <laughs> you're not around. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, yeah. It's like any weapon or tool. It's all in how you use it and the care you take. Yeah, with but it. I survived so. it, man. Let me tell yeah. you, bro. <laughs> but no, I mean that. I think what it is is when you when you're exposed to that stuff at a younger age, it's you sort of. You see through a lot of the societal filters, and you see oh. directly what is happening in physical reality. So it's it's the shrouding of the emperor's clothes. And yeah. once you've seen through that, it's very hard to participate in society in a convention. I got to agree. So, uh, when I first dropped shrooms, I, I, yeah. the shit that I saw. <laughs> right. Like, how do you how do you how do you explain to someone? Oh, I'm actually seeing the same patterns that Mayans must have seen because it's layered onto yeah. everything. I saw and clearly, there was something. Anyway, but I don't I don't get religious or evangelical about it. I think it's easy to do that because the experiences are so amazing. But yeah, it is. It's, it's all different for everybody. Yeah. I'm not trying to tell nobody don't do that. I'm right, like, right, hey, right. Well, you you do. Everybody do you. But I, I, again, it it does open up the mind because I can't yeah. even tell you that you know as a weed smoker, which I openly admit. I have found strains that have elevated my mental <laughs> thought in a goddamn way that yeah, yeah, yeah. like, what is wrong with you? And I'm like, 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 have a yeah. couple of ideas. Like, looking like that Kermit meme when he's like, well, so okay, so the the term the term psychedelics, the whole idea behind it, and that it gets gets passed over, is that like, it's literally like a tool that makes your mind operate in a different way, right? Yeah, that's Psychotropic. Right. That's all it is. 
And uh, if you can be responsible with it and you can see what it does well and what it doesn't do well, it it gives you an alternative perspective on reality for us, you know, a short contained set of time. That's all it is. And especially for creators, I mean, that that, that shit is, is powerful. I mean, not not that again. I'm not telling creators to do this, but what no, I'm no, saying no. is that you know it, it opens up sometimes those doors. Of well, so here's another caveat, right? Here's another caveat. When the Beatles went to to see Hate Ashbury, right? <laughs> I think the idea a lot of people has like, oh, the Beatles took drugs and they made awesome music. No, Beatles worked their asses off for years and years, years. Became amazing musicians. The drugs gave them a wavy way of making the sound. And then come together. Right, right. But, right, yeah. No, but they came to hate Ashbury, right? And they were expecting to see this, like, hippie paradise. And Voidrick touches on this a lot, too. Uh, and they didn't see a hippie paradise. They saw a bunch of lost kids who were taking drugs trying to escape reality. You know? So that's the dark side of it. So it's a double-edged sword. So it's like... It definitely that's is. That's Yeah. Don't use it to escape, but maybe you could use it to create something, and, you know, and, and find those narratives. I mean, because yeah, you got the yeah. trippiest shit now. Well, yeah, so the way I think about it is, like, if you heard an artist or a writer writing themselves into a corner, I think about it as, like, like when you're on a psychedelic or something, or even even just smoking, when you, you know, you have a uh, a new vantage point to reality. Something yeah. hits you, it strikes your optic nerve, and you're like, oh, whoa, I've, I'm seeing this in a different way. Oh, yeah. And then, so for me, the act of creating is, like, reintegrating that. Because I think that stuff comes from the subconscious mind, right? There's two parts of your mind. There's your logic and your subconscious and your subconscious is trying to speak to you on, like, on epic levels, right? Yeah. Like, a subconscious understands all the metaphors that are in your mind, everything that's built into you, and it's trying to use those tools of your own mind to communicate things that it's already processed thousands of times faster than your logical mind can yeah. come to conclusion. So, like, I think when you're on psychedelic, sometimes things hit you, and it's, like, an emotional level attached on this idea that you can't quite – you have to unpack. And that's – as a creator, that's essentially what you try to do is you take – a big fish or a big concept and you just start to deconstruct it and like make it into something that can translate from one mind to another. So I want to talk about that. How did you approach that creative journey? When did you start taking that first step to start being creative then? Yeah. Like I said, I've I've been in, I've had so many different career paths. Like I used to work in video games and then I was a web designer for a while. Intentional? Intentional to work? You know, well, the thing is, it was always comics that I wanted to make, right? Okay. Like, always. And so anything that was a step closer was the right right direction. And uh, it just sort of was like all of those made financial sense until I had to take, like, the leap of faith. Uh, so, but, you know, it's, it all it all contributes to what you end up creating. Um Anyway, I don't remember the. What was the original question about? Uh, I mean, just stepping into the creative journey. When yeah, you yeah, yeah, yeah. Stepping into that. No, I mean... I think it was around when I turned 30. I was like, oh, damn, a late bloomer. Yeah, yeah, I had a decade of like doing comics at night on the side and like illustrate all this stuff. And I just realized like, if I don't do it now, then it's just never going to happen. So, uh, yeah, I finally took the leap. We did turn code, did a Kickstarter, got like 40 grand. Wow. And what was the original original, uh, goal? that first Kickstarter. I, I don't even remember, man. That was a long time ago. <laughs> like, was it less than the 40, though? Yeah, it was like 12 or something. So. Oh, wow. So you superseded that by over three times, four times. I, I believe. I mean, I might be completely wrong, and it's all on the internet now, so someone could look back and 
I don't remember, but whatever it was, we hit it. Wasn't worried. You I mean, hit the goal and you made it happen the first yeah. time. And then I went out and I got like investors to do Void Trip because I knew I didn't want to be contained by any page rates or anything like that. Because once you sign up, it, I don't, so like the bad thing about the music industry is that you you give pay you for an album up front, but it's a loan, right? So yeah. you're tied to them. And the same thing with page rates that artists don't realize. Like a page rate is just a way of saying like we are going to own a big percentage of this franchise. It used to be 100%. It wasn't until Image came around that it was like, yeah, yeah that people started getting their own rights. Oh, but wait if you a minute. With, you mentioned Image just now and people yeah. getting their own rights and whatnot. Did you hear the news recently that Image is the first comic book company to have a union? Ah, yeah, no, I hear about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, thoughts about that as a creator? I mean, I'm pro-unions as an idea, and I think as long as they're executed well, uh, but, like, you know, they could turn into, like, a mafia-type environment. Yeah, that's like, what I'm just saying. Just like a government, yeah, they all have faults. But, no, I think I think, I think think unions are what we need right now as a nation because I feel like we've gotten so far the other way as far as, like, corporate profit being strictly squeezed up to the top, which, I, you know, there's a beauty of that, that we can make things so cheap. It's great. But I think when you start thinking about, well, quality of life, Anyway. The people that are involved in the yeah. projects, I mean, you got to yeah. care about them a little as well. Yeah, so you're, yeah, not, you're not opposed to that idea, but you want to read further. Yeah, yeah. No, I think, it, I mean, like, I would probably be an anarchic capitalist. I've heard that, or free market capitalist. I, I like the idea that, like, I think we're so tied in a lot of red tape right now that um, that's weird. We almost need unions to help the workers because the average person can't compete with these super large corporations at this point, right? Yeah, I mean, that's making robots for That's everybody. a whole... That's a whole complex thing we could try to. That's what a hive mind is all about. I mean, being controlled, programming, letting go of programming. Are you programmed? What the fuck is going on? No, no. The the real question is, can you ever not be programmed? And I don't know the answer to that. You know, one thing I've noticed this past year about uh, cultural conditioning is it's a weird thing. So I'm going to use a controversial example. But I, I know you can look up every one of these facts. So, like, uh, CDC has told everyone that uh, cloth masks don't work. But they've also told them that, like, outdoors the virus doesn't spread, right? So those are very simple facts, simple facts. There's this culture that's happened in New York where if you're not wearing a mask 50 feet away from somebody, they will look at you like you are a vicious predator. <laughs> and it's just weird. It's like a psychosis of the mind. It's fear, right? It's fear. And I think yeah. and I think we get into these extremes. And, you know, there's extremes the other way where people will deny that, like, a surgical mask could do anything. Or I don't want to get into the other stuff, but, like, there's all these just extreme opinions. And people's opinions, you tend to funnel into one group or another, right? And so once you're, like, dedicated in a group, there's, have you ever read this? Or there's a book by this French author, Jacques Ellul. It's uh, called Propaganda. Okay. And prop, uh, Propaganda used to be called Social Engineering. They were like one <laughs> of them. And then they dropped the term Propaganda because of gotcha. the good. But uh, you can see that stuff at work, and it's just so apparent nowadays, like with these two extremes. And I, I think w- what Hive Mind was for me was a way to take the experiences of the day and condense it into uh, a narrative. So in the book, there's like this mind virus, right? And the whole idea is like, once the mind virus is in you, how do you escape something that's integrated into your psychology? So, and and there were 
it's two competing uh, neurosis. One is the societal mind virus, and one is this new my, digital mind virus that's like offset the main character's trajectory. And so it's all about this dueling, competing narrative inside his mind. And I think that's where we're at right now. I think people are very uncomfortable with like the gray areas in life. And like, how do I actually figure this stuff out myself? And they just go into a camp and then they attack the other camp. It's like, man, both camps are are getting it wrong. Both yes. camps are are in a psychosis state. Yes. You know, they're they're afraid. And I get it, but. So the book was a way of dealing with that. And then the other thing that it touches on, too, because uh, I like, I mean, it, it, it's a dark book. Uh, and I don't know if you remember back in before all this stuff started, but there was just, they were just starting to talk about Epstein, the Jeffrey Epstein trial, right? Oh God, yes. That was you can't talk about. Like the fact that there's something so dark intertwined in our society. Like this guy was in bed with Gates, Bill Gates, Clinton, Trump. Like it doesn't matter what party you're on, right? Like it's a systematic control blackmail system. And science is all of this. So I was like, man, how do I talk about that? So uh, that's not getting shot, right? Because <laughs> well, now, I don't know, like, whatever. I'm just saying I had to address it, right? So, um, so in the book, that's like the main case. That's kind of a metaphor that's going on throughout. It's like this evil that you can barely witness, right? Yeah. But then that story is utilized to then provoke the main character more and more, to act more and more. And then it becomes him separated from his actions and, and uh, not being a full witness to the, the horrors that he's actually starting to bring into the world. And he's and like, realize what he's a part of. Have you, had, did you have a chance to get through the book? I, I, the I was, I, I got, I'm already halfway through and I'm starting to see – like oh shit! So yeah. homie has. Been, I was hope because like wow, when you fuck, when you read fuck. it a second time and then a third time because everything's layered. Yeah. So things that happen at the beginning you won't recognize how until you read it, fucked yeah. up and dark it is until you read it a second time. No, and that, is that, is that a purposeful way that you want to write? Is yeah, and I, yeah, yeah. Well, so again, I talk a lot about the subconscious mind, which I think is the subconscious mind has a brilliance that people who are more of a predilection for this logical mind fail to acknowledge. That's why artists are underpaid, in my opinion. Because <laughs> artists are like all subconscious mind a lot of the times. No no logical mind. I'm a good balance of both. I try to be. But uh, so a lot of that stuff seeps in subconsciously as you're creating. And then at some point you realize, oh, I can pin it. I can pin this together. I can pin the front, the start to the uh, to the end. And like, it kind of happens in tandem as you're creating. You just have to be able to like recognize it as it's happening. It's not like you sit there and you have a big, you know, whiteboard, and you're just like, okay, this this is going to happen, and that's gonna, it's it's more of like a piecing of the puzzles as you're creating it. So. Do you use a, a, any life experience as you're writing? You know. Well, I mean, that's what. Yeah, it's not like uh, I don't get tied into the nitty gritty details of like my physical life and like uh, you know, oh, I'm an artist. Let me make a book about being an artist. But it's more about like the the experience of being human and like. Uh, existence. Uh, I, like I try to get into the existential qualities of life and what what it means to be something that lives and dies, and knowing that. Yeah. Nice, nice. <laughs> and, and so the book is is available now, right? So High Mind sold out at Comic Con last year. So I'm Woo! doing a yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I was like, 
I usually overprint everything, and this year I was like, go go small, don't. And so it sold out like day three. Oh, you did um, do a comic con. I know you mentioned yeah. that earlier. How was it? It was it was it was pretty good. I mean, it was pretty good. Yeah, no, the sales were great. People were people Wonderful. were great. Everyone was hungry to like get out and get and hang and, do and stuff. get some stuff. Yeah, yeah. I, it felt it still felt like everything does in New York right now. Like you're, it's like airport squared. <laughs> but they were all really nice, like everyone working there. Great. But no, it was fun. It was fun. It was good to see fans again for the first time. But uh, but yeah, so I'm doing a Kickstarter for Hive Mind in March. So I'll be Beautiful. launching it this yeah. March. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. Well, oh, what are you doing with that uh, uh, Kickstarter? What's the plan? Same plan as as always, man. You just uh, you know you reach out to all the networks, but like uh, probably be doing a bunch more podcasts in February, that kind of thing. But in regards to the story, what are we getting? Is it oh no, no, no. So the edition? it's a stack of printing. So like so I need to get more books. Experience. It's a larger printing, yeah. Yeah, the, the Kickstarter's for like. So how much smaller? How small was the first printing then? Well, first one was a limited edition 100. I was like, I just need to have six. Yeah, 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 yeah. I just want. And also, I was like, you know what? If I never print it again, no. this will be a collector's item. But <laughs> it is as as a first print. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I, I wanted to get something. Yeah. I wanted to get something for the boy trip fans out there. You, I, have, I did not think I was going to. Yeah, you I didn't want to blow my mind. I love it. <laughs> I love so that. yeah, the larger print, the second print run is going to be like probably five thousand issues. Okay, and what's the difference so between the first and second? I mean, are we getting different covers, different coloring? What yeah, no, it's going to be now? it's going to it's formatted differently. It's going to be the same story. Uh, it's going to have a few extra covers in there, and then um, I'll probably throw some back end content. But it's mainly going to be because not enough people got a copy of the first one. They keep people asking, and it's sold out on the on the. But you can oh, if you wow. really want to read it now. You can get a digital copy on on mindcomics.com. Hey, yo, and talk about that, kiddo. That's what I was waiting for. I've been so hey. Talk about what's what's the Mind Comics? Yeah, so it's it's just mindcomics.com. You know, avatars are there. They took that, so I had to do the Mind Comics for Instagram. But no, it's uh, it's just it's the publishing company I, that I'm using right now. It's like uh, basically it's going to be more of the same. Kind of crazy trippy shit that you've read before. But is that all you though, Minecraft? Yeah, 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 yeah. And Love it. And eventually, you know, I might, I might end up like taking other writer artists under my wing and like helping them okay. print. And so, stuff, so right now, Mind Comics is a one man show with, with Klaus himself, right? But but you're looking to hopefully in the future be able to add on some some. Yeah, 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 yeah. I just think as I meet like minded creators, probably yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm gonna keep it gotcha. low key. So do you want to keep your uh, the publisher to a certain genre, or is it open to different types of storytelling? Yeah, like, I mean, the main thing for me is that it, I think I used to say counterculture, but I don't know, it sounds a bit conf- like a confrontation or something. But like, I, like, I like the idea of something that's going to be out of the ordinary. Out of the norm, man. I out of the norm. I like the term psychedelic, but that's been overplayed. But I like the idea that, like, the idea of psychedelic is you're just changing the lens on the camera and you're showing somebody something that's happening in life that they're just not seeing. Just so. like Hive Mind does, because, I mean, if you just look at that fucking font, <laughs> geez, that shit is sick and it's already mind-blowing because that's Thanks, something man. I noticed in the artistry because, again, you know, this character seems to dive, be able to dive into past memories, and I love that. I was looking at it at first and not understanding initially until I saw the full picture. I was like, yeah. 
Why does this look like this? Well, see, I like to, I like to trust. <laughs> I like to trust the reader. So, like, I like sometimes I like to lead with something that's hard to understand, and then when when the moment comes where it clicks together, the reader gets to experience that. I, I love think, it. I think people don't do that enough. But uh, but yeah, and it's darker than you think. It's not that he can use a machine to recover his memories. It's that without the machine, he has no memories. Yeah, which is fucked up, and we've so imagine wake. It's like amnesia if you if you disconnect from this machine. It's memento times two. I mean, it's it's something. I, I it's hard to put. You know, people always say, "What's your book like? Like how do you compare?" But then, if you were to describe a movie like Donnie Darko or Fight Club, what would be the? Oh, you can't say it's like. Oh, it's kind of like. I would give it a memento because of the memory angle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah. memory angle, but you got you. Put a crazy twist on this shit because you know even with Memento he was you know able to almost piece it together but here the mind is so broken the way you guys did yeah. I mean, again yo it's, it's fantastic you you say yo I, I'm a crazy writer you absolutely a crazy good writer thanks man uh, thanks. appreciate that great, appreciate great that creation appreciate right here, that my brother. yeah yeah no and I spent a lot of time too like it's uh for me I think a lot about the relationship with the reader and I don't ever want to make it too simplistic like the one thing i hate is you pick up a book and it's like telling you what is about to happen then it happens thank you and then they tell you what and then they tell you what just happened because you're like oh just in case they missed it and i think a reader has as much has a much intellect and awareness as you can give them credit for so i agree i agree thank you for that yeah i understand what you mean a lot of people try to you know dumb down the book so in case you don't understand what just happened (laughs) <laughs> and like, I don't need that. I understand yeah. it. Can we just progress the story, please? Exactly. I'm exactly. all about story. Like, and you I, can always I, turn back. It's, it's a comic. The pages are right there. <laughs> exactly. And again, I'm a print man, so I could always go back to pick it up and, and hold that wonderful book in my hands. Right. Yep. I mean, yep. And talk about the book. I mean, it's, it's a physical copy. Right? Oh yeah, yeah. Sorry, I kept one for myself. Oh, let's look no. at that. Look at that. Let's look yeah, at yeah, that yeah. close, man. Oh man, look at. Oh. Dude, look at that design, bro. Look at those fucking eyes, bro. Ooh, look how thick of a graphic novel that is, bro. Yeah, no, so it's I... Beautiful. It's uh, Let me see the spine on it. It's pretty thick, you know. Look at that. Beautiful, bro. Beautiful. But, uh, yeah, so the, the second printing is going to just be, like, formatted slightly larger. Because I, I, I shrunk down just for... So uh, what size is that? It's actually just slightly smaller than a standard. Okay. And so what are we looking for then on the oh okay. Oh yeah, this is the this is a variant for Void Trip that uh Big Bang did. So it's actually a blotter oh, it's a blotter oh. blotter tab. Dude. That shit is sexy. But it's a it's a very yeah, yeah. And I, they I wanted to perforate it and they were like, Ah, oh, it's gonna cost too much to perforate, but I still regret not having actual blotter paper cover, that would be badass. Whoa. <laughs> So now you know what to do for your own Kickstarter. That's something. That's happen. true. That's true. I got the image. I might as well just print the blotter. You'll do your own shit there, bro. It's your property. Fuck it, man. That's if right. It's yours, do it. That's right. I mean, why not? Make, make your dreams come true. I want to see a coloring book, too, if I have mine. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, why not, right? <laughs> and a soundtrack. Like, if you could put a soundtrack to your book, who would oh, no, you have one? Oh, no, I have one. Oh, what? I made, like, hey, it. All right. I love it. I came across, like, there's a film noir playlist on Spotify, and I, I'm all about training the brain, so yeah, I literally would, would listen to that all the way through on loop every time I was creating, so it's always the same vein soundtrack, and it's it works well because it brings you right into the mood 
when you're creating. Right. So it's like reiterating it. So if I was to listen to that as I read. I'm, oh, that'd be perfect. I'll send you a link. I'll send you a send link. Send me the link. I'll share with people so that when yeah, they yeah, buy yeah. this book, they know what to listen to so you can get in the zone. You tell your husband, your wife, your significant other, your kids, shut the F up for the next couple of hours yeah. I'm reading. Smoke a J. Read the high mind. It's pretty. You can read it in an hour or two. Oh, yeah, oh, definitely. That's what I'm saying. Good. I got half hour through because I was doing the show, but I smoked the J to that shit. Let me tell you. <laughs> well, no, that'll slow it down. That's good, too. No, no, I, no, no. Four hours, yeah. so. No, it is. It, it's, it's a wonderful. No, no, I'm good because I'm the type of person. That, that's what I like to do. I like to have a little drink, you know, smoke my J, and, and just dive into something that's going to take me outside the world. And you accomplished that. It right on. That that's, you, all, you, that's all I'm here to do. <laughs> you know, you're not keeping me in the real world. I'm not dealing with real yeah, life yeah, issues. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? I'm, well, that's I'm not like talking so, about COVID or politics. Exactly. Yeah. I, 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 I didn't want to touch on things directly. So, like, the, this thing takes place on a planet far away. People have antennas on their heads. I mean, yeah, you yeah, can project yeah, onto the character whatever you want, but, like, you, you can't. You fucked me up. You fucked me up with that because at first I thought they were human, and then yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. Looked, I looked close. I said, oh, shit, wait a minute. They're not. This is so awesome. They're yeah. very humanoid. Right, 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 right. I mean, that's obviously a reflection of our culture, but... Yeah, but it's wonderful, bro. The artwork, Thanks, I mean, talk about that art, man. Well, like, I wanted to make a film noir so bad, but then at the same time, sci-fi is, like, my biggest obsession. So I was like, how do I square this? And so what I just... What was your first sci-fi love? Quick. Uh, Probably Neuromancer. Oh, shit. That's yeah, I, I read more books than I do uh, comics, but... Okay. Like, oh, and my... that's Okay. Yeah, the same thing. It's all, you know. It is. It's all in mind. Even better in the book because now you could use your imagination to form the art. Yeah, if yeah. You will. Did you ever read the Culture Series? Culture Series. Bro, no, I'm a comic book reader. Oh, okay, okay. No, that's good. I, dude, I want to make that a comic. It's, it's insane. It's a good well, then go for it, bro. Yeah. I see so many. Listen, I, I see uh, Titan Comics is actually releasing a graphic novel format of Phantom of the Opera. Nice. That's and funny. That. That. My wife loves that. Oh, yeah. She's yeah. going to love this. Tell yeah. us. Yeah. The first graphic novel in over 30 years, fully adapted from the OG nice. story, son. That's cool. Oh, universal, uh, pre-universal horror stuff. Yeah, man. So, yeah. you know, uh, Titan Comics is doing that. So, you know what? Score That's some cool. points with the wife. Go yeah. to the comic shop. And, and, hey, baby, look what I found for you. Al Mega didn't tell me about this, I swear. Speaking of all that, I, I got to wrap in about like, a minute or two because no, my no. kids, man. Let's wrap, yeah. You go with, no, no, yeah, yeah. okay. But everybody, this is what I want you guys to do. Please follow Plaid, Klaus, right there. Not Klaus from, from the, that, that Umbrella <laughs> Academy. All right, homie here is it, 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 much more leveled out, all right? That's right. <laughs> I don't want to round, yeah, yeah, fighting crime. Yeah, exactly. Check him out. Check out the, his comic book company, though. Uh, great stuff that you guys will not regret enjoying. And where do you go for that? Check out him as an individual. Check out the company right there, platcast.com, mycomics.com. And the last thing I want to leave with, I just want to give you two things here. I need you to give some advice, but before you do that, I just want to give you flowers. As a fan, I want to thank you. Thanks, man. As a person, as a fan, for putting yourself out there creatively and, and being bold and brave enough to do that. That's thank cool, you man. for doing that, brother. That's cool, and you That's got cool. this, and you will always have my support in your braveness, brother. Yeah. Salute. <laughs> All right. No, so Any like advice? Yeah, one advice I would say to anybody, uh, hardest thing to do is just to make the things you know you need to make. Like everyone's looking for somebody to sign them or whatever. Like 
the one thing that's got me to where I am, and I'm not saying it's even top of the mountain. Like, I'm still climbing. It's a big mountain. But it's just you do it. You make it. You, you, like, you got a story in your head. Don't wait for someone to give you an opportunity. Just make it. That's the best advice I can give anyone. You heard it. You see, just like Platt, he yeah. went out there. He did what he had to do. He got it done. He got wonderful projects. Please look into everything he's done. Believe you me, you guys will be very happy with this recommendation. Al Mega supports anything Klaus has done 150%. You will not be disappointed. Shit, I'll give you your money back if you get fucking disappointed. Fuck. Hey, thanks, Al, man. I appreciate you having me on here. Uh, thank you for coming on. Everybody check out Hive Mind and everything else. Void Trip, all that good shit. I'm out mega and hasta la próxima. Later, guys. Peace. Thank you for listening to the Comic Crusaders podcast. If you like the content, please subscribe and turn on notifications. Also, please visit ComicCrusaders.com and our extended podcast family over at UndercoverCase.com. And also, make sure to download the Comic Crusaders app on the Google Play Store today. 